guess who's back, 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 back again, again, again. Uh, it's ill natured, a true crime podcast, and this is Alyssa. I'm Michelle. Hey guys, uh, we are back again. Um, and we're covering a pretty freaky dude today. What yeah, you say? Pretty intense, guys. So, uh, just a huge trigger warning. I cannot say that enough, and I'll I'll try to uh, say it again when I get into the details of this case. Um, it's rough, Alyssa. So just. Be prepared. And also, for our listeners, I have my psychotic dog sitting behind me. So, if you hear her, just yelp out. Um, She's fine. She's just a little anxious ball of energy. So She is. She's hiding behind her mom. God bless her. I just can't. If I make eye contact with her, she, she freaks she's going to She's, gonna she's like coming up under she's me gonna right now. Mm-hmm. She's like, mom. She said, don't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> God bless her. She'll be good. Okay, so... Today, we are talking about Randy Stephen Kraft. This was a very notorious serial killer. Um, He operated in the 70s, early 80s. Um, His first murder was committed in 1971, and he was finally captured in 1983. Um, Wow, a 12-year hiatus. Can you imagine? And this guy was, like, killing folks. Like, he was out there doing work. It was, it's brutal. Guys, okay, let me just say that again. Trigger or name. Okay. So, he was, he has several names, which was odd to me. Um, You know, the media police will give serial killers a name. The one, the most popular, I guess, is the scorecard killer. He kept a, when police captured him, they found a list of, not names, but like phrases that it turns out they describe murder victims. Um, He was also known as the Southern California Strangler and the Freeway Killer. Um, The Freeway Killer, because he dumped most of the bodies beside major highways in California. Um, It's just a real sick dude. Yeah, so I vaguely have heard of this guy, but I really don't know much about him. Um, Well, I thought I did, okay? And then I realized there I were, freaking do not. There were four or five serial killers in California during this same time. Yeah. There were two that had very similar MOs to Randy Kraft. One was William Bonin. Mm-hmm. He was also known as the freeway killer. Okay, yeah, yep, so that's, that's what I've heard the about. one. But he targeted young boys, males, same as Randy Kraft, we'll find out. Um, and also Patrick Kearney. Yeah. Was the trash bag trash bag murders. Um, and he mur- also murdered boys and young men. And we will definitely get into these two other yep. guys. They are on our list. Well, uh, so we won't go too deep into that today. No, but... for sure. But I got caught up when I was doing oh, yeah. my research because I was like, it's crazy. These are so similar. And all these bodies popping up. All everywhere. in the same place, the same and time. Three different killers. It just blows my mind. That it's freaky. It's, just, it's, it's freaky. Crazy. It's crazy. Freaky, freaky. Fetish, I guess you could say. I don't know what that's about. Right, and the fact that they continue to get away with it, which I'll go into that a little bit, why I think they were able to get away with it for so long. Um, All right, but let's talk about Randy Stephen Kraft. He was born in Long Beach, California on March 19th, 1945. He was the fourth child born to his parents. His mom's name was Opal, and his dad's name was Harold, and he was the only and youngest son, the only son and the youngest of all the children. Um, he had a pretty normal childhood, which 
you know, like, it, I don't know. It just helps it make sense to me if they had a really messed up childhood. But his was fairly normal. His mother doted on him. His dad wasn't extremely attentive to any of the kids, but nothing crazy. He didn't abuse him. He wasn't an alcoholic. I mean, just a normal middle class family. Um, but yeah, I wrote normal childhood. So while Randy was in grade school, he was said to be very intelligent and was well liked. And by junior high school, he was put in advanced classes. So he's a smart guy too, which he, he could have had a decent future right. not murdering exactly. people yeah exactly and even during once he got to high school he started dating girls um he dated a few girls but realized at that time that he was a homosexual okay um and teachers and classmates later said they suspected it when he was you in always school. have that little gaydar going you know that's right that's right um, and, you know, be yourself. It's just, I know this was a different time and now everybody's more accepting. And, yeah. So know, he probably definitely hit it. For sure. And yeah, probably for good reason. I mean, to, I'm sure people, well, people like, were arrested and for, like, for being homosexual. Killed? If they kissed somebody in public, yeah. you could be arrested. It was, I mean, it's just crazy. a different time. It's crazy. I'm glad we're not living in it now because that's a lot. That, yeah. It's a little extra to be locking somebody right. up for yeah. wanting to kiss a. Right. Luckily, you want to Seriously. Whatever. I'm talking about freaking overcrowded jails where you're just locking right. up all the gays. That's not That's very smart, odd. in my opinion. Not, not smart at all. Mm-mm. All right. So, he graduated from high school in June of 1963, and he enrolled in Claremont's Men's College, and he worked towards a bachelor's degree in economics. Um, And I wrote again, very normal life yeah. up until this point. Like, no red flags, nothing that makes me think, oh, this guy's going to murder over 60 humans 60 is it blows my mind it's to crazy. think about how many but there's people. no telling how many more like oh, we'll get it that's right no spoilers. We're, we're getting there all right so while in college in 1964 he started his first homosexual relationship um let's see what, what did i what did i do with this gentleman's name i know his first his first um serious boyfriend was jeff this one, I don't think we have a name for his first relationship. All right. So while he was in college, he started working at a cocktail lounge. Um, and then fast forward a little bit. In 1966, he was arrested. Um, he was arrested for lewd conduct for propositioning a male undercover officer. But because he didn't have any other offenses, he'd never been to jail, never been in trouble before. He charges weren't filed. So he was trying to get with, uh, I guess, what it seems like there weren't a lot of details, but I'm assuming the cop was posing as like a prostitute, a male prostitute. And, you know, he pulled his car up, whatever. Whatever, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, but he didn't. Charges weren't filed. By his final year of college, he had started drinking, doing drugs, was not extremely interested in his classwork anymore which you know guys if you're in college you know just i wasn't really interested in my classwork freshman year and that's why i failed out of uh well my four-year college and that's okay because <laughs> you realized it didn't work for you and you got out of there well and then i went back and got um you know i had a little stunt going to community college and you know, right that's just how i'd rather work i mean Right. Until I can figure out what I actually want to do with my life. Well, so. see, I'm 36 and I still don't know exactly what I want to do with my life. 
So no rush to you. Mm -mm. There is nothing wrong with going to work and making money. All right. So he ended up, this caused him to get behind in school. He mm -hmm. failed to graduate um, on time with his classmates in June of 1967. Um, he had to repeat some classes and he did graduate from Claremont Men's College in 1968. All right. So after this, he went on to join the U.S. Air Force. He was stationed at Edwards Air Force Base in Southern California. Um, he did really well in the military. Really? He was well-liked up until a point. He rose through the ranks to airman first class and supervisor manager. He started, I think he was overseeing the the painting of jets and planes. Cool. And then rose to be, you know. Okay, so up until this point, we haven't really had, you know, serious run-ins with the law. No major brain right. traumas, you That's know, right. nothing mm -mm. has happened really. Mm -mm. Okay. No. It's normal normal dude. dude. Living normal his life. Dude. Living his life. And it's about to all fall apart. And I'm going to tell you momentarily why I think that happened. But even, well, we'll just. You just hold on. Okay. Hold on to your all pants. All right. So, all right. He rose through the ranks to Airman First Class. I'm assuming that's a good thing. I don't know much about the military, but anything that either. says has first class in the title, I feel like it's a big deal. I mean, right. You want to be on yeah. first class when you fly, right? Okay. That's <laughs> right. I love it. I, I love it. I love it. All right. So, so he rose to the ranks. The same year, he came out as homosexual to his family. Um, his father was furious. Okay. Flew into a rage. You know, his mom took it much better you know his mom was always more doting she loved her say, baby moms and i feel like that's right they love their kids regardless yep. and then men have some little i don't know They're masculinity so problem right it's a it's a weird thing mental thing that men but you know that was her baby and so they did everybody accepted it and he remained really close with his family well, which good. is another thing a serial killer I mean, I guess it happens. It just doesn't fit what my brain thinks a serial killer should be like. You well, know? I was about he to hangs say, out with like, his family. He's love my mom. Right. Um, <laughs> and I also kill people. Yeah. It's weird. Okay, so came out to his family. Then he decided he would come out to his superiors in the Air Force. Okay. And spoiler alert, bad idea. They how can you imagine in the, in the 70s, early 70s, how they would have handled such an announcement? So they discharged him and they listed his discharge as a medical discharge because he came out as gay. So he got medically discharged. So apparently they think being it's it just homosexual is it sucks a disease or something. Right. And he actually he hired an attorney and tried to contest it and have it changed. Um, but it didn't happen. Didn't I mean, you know, they squashed that pretty quick. All right. So this is kind of where I think things shifted for him. Okay. He lost his position, his title, and he seemed to love it in the air force. And he's kicked out for, because of who he is as a person. This, in my opinion, is, well, I mean. It, and he finally got the courage to come out and be right. like, I'm going to be who I want to be. Can you, you know? imagine what that took to go to the, in the military? In, in the, the 60s? Right. In the 60s? Yeah, late 60s, but we're still in the 60s. So, in my opinion, this is what, this is what Pushed caused him, him 
too. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it made him really angry, really bitter. Well, can, I can't imagine right now going to our boss right. and saying, I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously engaged, but something to the right. same equivalent. Right. And say, you know, this is. Hey, I'm gay. Is it a problem? And him being like, yeah, you're fired. Right. You wouldn't fly now. Oh, no. There's laws uh, against uh, that now. Right. But still. Can you imagine how hard it was living in that time and not being able to be who you are out loud? Oh. Like it's just. It, we. I feel like we take it for granted now. People, it was hard and messy. And, you know, like, people. We don't want to get on this topic, but, you know, like. It's hard for other people that don't go through things to understand what right. the other is. It's hard to be empathetic. Right. Because sure. you don't know. You have no idea. You know, I've never had to come out and right. say, you know, I'm gay or whatever and have people just not accept me. And, you know, it doesn't change your personality. You've been the same person well, your whole right. life. But And I don't get when parents, you know, there are parents who never see their children again after they come I out. I cannot Can imagine. imagine I will love all the babies in the world. Every baby. I mean, right. Everybody was somebody's baby. Unless you and, suck. Right. But that has unless, nothing to do with Unless you are Randy Stephen Craft, who, another spoiler alert, is still alive. Huh? Yeah. Oh, God. It's Only so the worst people live forever. Clearly. Yeah. So, okay. So, after, the, after he was discharged from the Air Force, he was forced to move back in with his parents, which is another, you know. You don't want to be 20-something years old living you're, with your mom. Yeah, living with your parents. Um, and so, after this, not long after, and he, he started bartending. So, when he lived with his parents, he started bartending. Um, not long after this, he committed his first assault. Not murder. Okay. but So, he's starting to... Uh... This was eight months after he was discharged from the Air Force. So okay. it didn't take him long to realize violence and that he needed to get some frustrations out and he was going to abuse a child. A child. In his first case. What, ch- what uh-huh. age? What old, like, how old was this 13, child? 13. A baby. And why? What was the what was the reasoning behind it? Well, it, this one was more for sexual gratification than anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's What happened to Jeff? Has he come around yet? Not yet. Jeff comes Thanks. into play, but people suspect that Randy had an accomplice for some of his murders. Um, There's nothing definitive that makes me think it was this person or that person. We just don't know. That's just an interesting tidbit. Yeah, right, right, right. And we'll get there, too. Alright, so his first victim, he said this was an assault, not a murder, was 13-year-old named Joseph Fancher. He had ran away from home and Randy saw him walking down the street, offered him a ride, alcohol. Um, Randy promised him a place to live, told him he could move in. At this point, he had moved into an apartment. Okay. And so promised him a place to live, told him he knew a woman that would have sex with Joseph. Which I mean, he's 13, right? Well, puberty, you know, the kid's not going to say no. He's just ran away from home. Okay, but this also, side note, is why Mm -hmm. we need to look for children that run away. (laughs) Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there are so many predators everywhere. Like, yeah, just because they're run away, they still need to be protected. Right. Uh, But, anyways, 13 is a baby. Yes, you don't even know. Once Randy got him to his apartment, he drugged him. He used tranquilizers. And you'll see in a lot of his cases, tranquilizers and alcohol. And the combinations that he used were usually deadly. But this young man, you know, he made it. 
So he drugged him, beat him fairly severely, and repeatedly sexually assaulted him. Mm. Um, and then Randy just wakes up and leaves for work. Bye. Have a good day. This isn't the norm. Um, I mean, have been the time for me. He, it's just, it's weird. Like, you think this is a smart guy, but then you just leave? Like, what do you think the kid was going to do? Not get up and leave? Is it, okay. Call the police? So, Randy Randy leaves, and immediately Joseph gets up and leaves the apartment, right? As I would, of course. Right. And he ended up, he left. staying with this creepy no, kid. He's, he's going to come back. And, you know, I'm sure the kid was in a lot of pain. Oh, I, know, I know, but anyway, ah. so he lays, left his shoes, like walked out. Um, somebody else in the apartment complex saw him and that he looked, he was stomping around. Some of his clothes were ripped. So they called an ambulance. Um, yeah, I, I, if, find words, Alyssa. Um, if I saw a 13 year old with ripped up clothes stumbling right. around. And he was little, like he was thin, you know, he was yeah. a smaller guy. He, wasn't he, looked, some his age. he looked his age. Exactly. Or younger. Exactly. He did not look like so the, age the ambulance, stumbling around. ambulance took him to the emergency room. Police came. He told them that he willingly accepted the drugs. Right. Told them that he said nothing about the sexual assault. Because he was embarrassed. I was about he to say, didn't tell some the police. people think it's their fault. And he like, didn't he's like, tell I his parents. Him. And I'm like, baby, I hope he got some therapy and some help. He got that off his chest. We need to find out how Joseph is Can now. you imagine living with that and not telling anybody? Well, it hurts my heart. Oh, it hurts my they heart. Just, I think some victims feel guilty. Like He's like, I accepted this ride. I accepted See, the drugs. What, yep. If he admits to that. Yep. Uh and I don't know if he would have told them anything. And something I read said this, except for he wanted his shoes back. So he, but he was able to tell them where the apartment was. So after this, the police go to Randy's apartment. Randy was in there. Um, and they interviewed him, went into the apartment without a warrant. So what do you think happened? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. That's just, you know, police do right. <laughs> do right. If they had had a warrant, it could have ended before anybody actually died. Mm. It could have. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and I'm assuming, hopefully, Joseph got his shoes back. Yes. God bless um, him. All right. So, okay. Here comes, here comes his, his boo, his boyfriend. So, in 71, we're still early 70s, after graduation, let's see, this is about a couple of years have passed before he actually kills someone. Um, in 71, he went back to school. He decided he wanted to major in education at Long Beach State University. Um, this is where he met and began a romantic relationship with Jeff Graves. He was with Jeff for a long time, too. Um I don't think I actually have a number of years, but they were, they lived together. Like they had not a monogamous relationship, um, but they were together for a long time. And some people do suspect that Jeff may have been involved in some, some of, of his, his murders yeah. just because, well, we'll, we'll get there. All right. So um, now here we go. So discharged from the mil- the military in 69, it's believed that he committed his first murder in October of 1971. 
It was a 30-year-old Long Beach resident named Wayne Duquette, and he worked at a gay bar named The Stable. Um, so it didn't take long for him to take it to the next level. He assaulted Joseph. So he escalated then, fairly quickly. Right, right. And felt something he liked, I guess. And then he murdered this guy. So, and y'all, again, trigger warning. It's about to get really intense. Um, some of the stuff is hard for me to even say. It, it oh. makes me, it, it just hurt for what these men went through in their final minutes and hours. The, the only thing that gives me a little bit of uh, relief is that he, most of them were drugged to the point where they were unconscious um, and probably didn't feel a lot of what was done to them. Um, but anyway, I digress. So between 1971 and 1983, it is believed that he killed 67 victims. Jeez. But y'all, everything Jeez. says there could be way more. Because y'all, this this guy was out there every week, it seems like. Like, it just blows my mind. Just killing people. He got bored or whatever. I can't. It was what? a normal He was only out there, what did I say, 12 years? Yeah. And he killed almost 70 people. I bet it's more. I bet it's more. That's insane. It's it just uh, it's so horrible. Okay, so this is kind of his victim profile or how he chose his victims. Um, they were all male between the ages of 13 and 35. Um, eventually, he was convicted of 16 of these murders. Um, a large number of his victims were members of the U.S. Marine Corps. So that's another oh. big red flag that makes me think he's getting his frustration on the Air Force out on these yeah, because a lot of them were military, military, and he'd pick them up around bases. So he was driving he knew where around, to hunt. Yep, he was driving around military bases because he wanted to hurt a specific type of person. Just but uh, I don't understand the babies, like 13, 14. No. You know. Oh, it breaks my heart. Okay, so most of most of his victims were hitchhiking. People still did that in the seventies, yeah. or that was pretty much like all they did, right? Right, Hippies, all they bro. did. <laughs> Thankfully, and guys, if you ever think you want to hitchhike, just don't. don't please, do please. Or please you're don't. most likely going to wake up dead because. Or you're uh, not going to um, wake up. Right, right. There's lots of sick people. Um, anyway, so most were hitchhiking when he offered them a ride or a drink. Um, and he was known to offer pills too. Valium is one that comes up a lot. So remember um, when your parents told you not to take candy from strangers, don't take drugs or alcohol from strangers either. Uh huh. It's not worth the high. Trust me, it's not. All right, so most of his victims, I might have said this earlier, were rendered unconscious with large amounts of alcohol and tranquilizers. Um, once, all right, trigger, 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 warning. Okay, warning, warning, warning. Here I can't go. leave, but you guys can. Oh, but please, if you don't. want to pause it, yeah. We got a lot pretty Just, much from here until the end. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so once... After he drugged them, I'm assuming he had, you know, he chatted with them, gave them drugs. Yeah, didn't immediately I don't know. go. It doesn't say, like, how long this all lasted. Um, so I don't know that. Um, but once they were drugged, he would sexually abuse, torture, and mutilate the bodies. Uh, I okay. wasn't prepared for that. Yeah. I was not prepared for that. And, yeah, all right, this next part looks sense. It's difficult to say or just bear with oh, me. Oh, my toes are clenched and I don't even know what's coming. In many cases, the genitalia was removed from the victims. Ooh. And in a lot of a lot of the bodies that were discovered, there were 
items, various items left protruding from the victim's rectum. Oh, so just the assault and the level of brutality and the things that were done to these men. Oh, I just got like chills. I know. (laughs) And so one thing that wasn't clear though, it almost seemed like the way he dumped victims, which, you know, he usually pushed them out of a, out of a moving car. Did he do all this in his car? Like, there's no way. But we don't know. Um, one one scene that eh, was a dress, it was a beach, I think. But, like, where did he do this? He still has his apartment, doesn't he? Yeah. I wonder if he just took him back there. I guess so. I hadn't thought, yeah, maybe. You just got to think about all the blood. and the- But, like, you've got to do a lot. Like, mm. you have to have time. Like, you can't just go, you know, like, I couldn't right. dismember an entire body in, like, five seconds on the side of the road. No, but he didn't dismember. He only took the penis. Oh, oh, okay. Only. Like, just, y'all. But he's trying to shame. I mean. The shame the military folks. And, you know, like, that's. That's your ego right there, pal, I guess. Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot, mm. but wow. All right, okay. If you're still with me, um, on to the next. One of his other Heart. favorite torture devices was a cigarette lighter from his car. Um, he would burn the victims in various places on their bodies. One guy, he burned his eyeballs with oh. a cigarette lighter. Was he? He would burn alive. When is he? Are they all alive when all this well, torture's going on? Most of them are semi-unconscious from all the drugs. But they're not dead. But they're, I'm going to talk about one case where they they found that he felt everything. Oh god! And it's it's the worst. But like, all these guys are not dead. Like they might be no, unconscious. No, right? That's but they right. Are alive. They're alive. Oh geez. They are alive. Geez. A lot of times with the cigarette lighter, he would burn their genitals. Um, just torture. Can you imagine? smell of burning flesh no i can't i don't want to but sorry about that okay many of his victims were actually killed by strangulation he liked to use their belts he would use shoelaces just whatever he could get his hands on he didn't bring something with him um some there was a period where he beat victims in the head and they died of blunt force trauma um uh y'all Anyway, and, and, and several died of blood loss, obviously. When you lose an appendage, you're going to bleed. And, yeah. Um, strangulation, though, was the majority of victims were strangled after being tortured. So, um, all right. That was just a brief little. I do have some specific specific murder victims I'm going to talk about. Um, but on May 19th, 1975, so his first kill was in 1971, In 1975, he was interrogated by the police regarding the murder of a man named Keith Crotwell. All right. Um, So this is only four years after he started. That's right. And this was, I have a note. This is, see see my laptop. Sorry, friends. Let me, uh, we're still getting it all together, you know. That's right. Trying to get the presentation right. That's right. All right. Let me find, let me find Crotwell because I did, this is important. I mean, it's the first time he's owned the, it's the first time he's owned the police's radar. Um, Like, catch him then. Do not right, right. All right. So he lured two youths, which is 
he had a Ford Mustang that was a really good looking, cool car. Oh yeah. And so that kind of attracted the younger Young men. kids. All right. So Keith Crotwell and Kent May, he let's see. So are these the youths? This these is are Kent youths. Crop, these Crop are Crop let's see if it tells me how old they are. It just says youths. I don't know. I don't know how old they were, but you know, I'd assume like maybe high school age. Um, they were given beer and Valium. Hmm. And they got in his car, obviously. Um, all right. Kent May, at one point, passed out. Oh, gosh. Um, and then Kent somehow got out of the car. Okay. Um, Keith Crotwell was not so lucky. Um, on May 8th of 1975, his skull was found <laughs> in Long Beach Marina. The remainder of his body was found six months later. Um, all right. So they questioned him about it. He denied having ever met. And then finally he did have to come clean. Like, yeah, they were in my car. Um, he, anyway, he was able to talk his way out of it. Basically. I can't just like, you know, smart guy, fairly well-spoken. And he was able to talk his way out of it. All right. So after Kraft was investigated for Keith Crotwell's murder, his killing slowed down. Not when they said his killing slowed down, I'm like, oh, so he didn't kill somebody for a year. But no, like it wasn't that long, like three months, maybe. Oh right. Slow down in right. three months. Yeah. Anyway, this was May 19th of 1975. He was investigated for Crotwell's murder. Then he killed again on December in December of 1975. Like that's not that's not that long. That's not slowing that's down. It's not even a year. It's more than three months. But anyway. So, this is the worst case. This is this is the worst, the most brutal. So, guys, again, Buckle trigger warning, please. If you, this is very difficult for me to read. It's gonna be probably be difficult to hear. So, if you want to fast forward a minute or two, feel free to do it. Okay. Here we go. All right. Now, this is his worst offense. Kraft abducted a 22-year-old male named Mark Hall. He was driven to a remote canyon tied to a tree where Kraft forced leaves and dirt deep into his trachea, so just crammed earth down his throat, oh my gosh. Um, which caused him to aspirate eventually. But during this time, so after he tied him up, forced leaves and dirt down his throat. All right. <clears throat> he sodomized and cut off Hall's penis and inserted his penis into his rectum. His own. I told y'all. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Is he he's alive? Oh yeah. Oh wait. Just just wait. Okay. Mark Hall also had numerous burns from the car's cigarette lighter all over his body. All right. And so upon examination, forensic experts were able to tell that Hall was alive for most of his torture. Oh, gosh. I mean, y'all, this guy is sick, sick, sick. He freaking sucks. To do that to another human. So, whew. All right. So after this, um, he ended his relationship with Jeff Graves, who, who he had been with since 
73 or 4, I think. Um, anyway, he'd been with them for a while. He ended the relationship. He started dating an apprentice baker, another Jeff. This is Jeff Seelig. His romantic relationships don't really have anything to do with the case. It's just more of what was going on in his life. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's that. Um, but the start of this relationship is believed to be the reason that Kraft didn't kill again until December of 76. So he went a little while this time. Um, all right. So once he started dating the second Jeff, it was about a year um, before he killed again. And here is where this guy just, I mean, it just seems to me like this is a compulsion that he can't control. So he would go on business trips. Um, he had went on an extended business trip in Oregon at one point. While on the extended business trip, he killed five men. They weren't all discovered while he was there. Um, but they were all between the ages of 17 and one of the victims who was unidentified. They didn't know his exact age, but somewhere in between 35 and 45. Um, so the same. Okay. So five victims while on a business trip in Portland, Oregon, it says extended business trip. I don't know exactly how long he was there. Um, but his first victim, the first victim that was found was Michael Sean O'Fallon. Um, after that, an unidentified male between 35 and 45, then a Marine named Robert Loggins, Next um, victim was Michael Cluck, and the, his last victim in Portland was Christopher Williams. Um, all of these victims were discarded by or near highways and had alcohol and or tranquilizers in their systems. So this was kind of his, and police were starting to get, get an idea, that's right, and figure out that this is the same person. All these victims have this in their systems. Um, like I said, most were discarded by or near highways or near military bases. If they were military men, they were usually dumped near the bases where he got them from. Okay. Um, and they were all tortured, just like you know the victims in Southern California. Um, another business trip took him to Michigan, where he met two young men at his hotel. These young men were cousins. Um, and I mean, I imagine just out there living their lives, yeah. you know. Um, but he met him as soon as he got to his hotel, was seen chatting with him in the lobby. Um, and apparently he got him off at some point. Both men had alcohol and Valium in their systems, trigger warning, and were sodomized before one of the victims, Dennis Alt, he died of asphyxiation. And the second victim, Christopher, I'm going to ruin this last name, Sean Bourne, Scone, Scone Bourne, friends, I'm so sorry. Um, Christopher was strangled by his own belt, which, like I said, he used belts a lot. Um, their naked bodies were staged, which is the first time he had ever done that. Right. Um, in the middle of an open field, he staged the bodies in a sexual position. Mm. Um, which and I, I didn't find another case where he did that again. I'm not sure if he just had more time on his hands or what was going through his sick head, but yeah. Okay, so we're fast-forwarding a little bit, guys. I'm not talking about every one of his murders because it's a lot. We would be here forever. Yeah. And it's more of the same. Um, he didn't change up very often. No, no. Same stuff. Rape, torture, abuse, cigarette lighter burns. I mean, just 
Okay, so now let's talk about his final murder. Um, before he was apprehended, which woohoo, he was caught. Finally, and, and stopped. Finally, um, so his final murder took place on May fourteenth, nineteen eighty three. Police pulled him over for driving erratically. And this was back in California. Um, one of the officer officers. Okay, so when they first pulled him over, Kraft immediately got out of the car and started walking towards the police car. Which nowadays he probably would have been shot. Oh, I mean, dude, you, don't, for real. you do like, not get out of your car. If you put your it. hands on that wheel. That's right. That's right. Don't reach for anything. Just that's right. Be a statue, bro. Uh-huh. Be a statue. Don't make eye contact. Don't make. Eye contact. Yeah, I still get so nervous when I get pulled over. It's hilarious. Anyway, so the other officer in the car um, approached Randy Kraft's vehicle and saw a man slumped over in the passenger oh, seat. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Um, this man's name was Terry Lee Gambrell. He was, um, the officer, so the officer obviously is looking in the window. He tries to wake him up. Yeah. And his head falls and he sees the ligature marks around his neck. Um, and the officer realized that he was called to the touch and deceased. Terry was a 25 year old Marine stationed at El El Toro Air Force Base. Um, so in most of his, most of his murders, victims were found near roads and it looked, most of them, it looked like they were pushed out of a moving car. Like they would have road rash, they'd have cuts. So he was just probably getting ready to dump this exactly. man's body. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um, so after they found the dead body, obviously, Randy's getting loaded in the car. They got somebody there to get the body out and they searched the vehicle, um, and they found all sorts of stuff. You right. can imagine pictures. Oh. So wherever he had the victims, he would take pictures. And I, y'all, if you oh, if you search, you will see some pictures of dead bodies. Um, the two that I saw, you can't even see that stuff. So just, I, I would say, don't do it. Like, yeah. Don't, don't even look. But anyway, they were outside. Um, and so, sorry, my little. Little baby butter doll. Here is baby doll. She says, I want to talk too. Yeah. Okay, so. And she's like, what are y'all talking <laughs> about this poor child? We need some headphones for this baby. Um, all right. So anyways, he, let's see. So, when, okay. This is where his name, the scorecard killer, comes from. Um, in the trunk of the car, they found a coded list of 61 phrases some of these sources say 61 to 67. Some of these are thought to describe a pairs of victims. So do like you have, his little phrases. Um, any examples of I these do. phrases? Yep, okay. I sure okay. do. Um, but all of the short descriptions, phrases are believed to refer to a specific murder victim. This was kind of his little trophy book, so he could read through it and go back and like, yeah, um, I remember mm-hmm. so who and you know. Yeah, so on this list, remember his first victim, Wayne Duquette, was a bartender at the stable. Um, And his, it's, I don't know, phrases, descriptions. I I think phrases better describes it. Mm -hmm. But his phrase, his was the first on the list. And his phrase was stable because he worked at the stable. Yeah, so it's a little. Uh Uh-huh. About their identity or something. Some of them are obvious. Some of them are not, which is why they haven't matched up all the names on the list to victims. Um, All right. So the second one, Angel. No connections were ever made to an unsolved case. That's kind of vague. Um, The third one is 
the victim's initials. Edward Daniel Moore was killed on December 26, 1972, near um, a Marine base. And the entry was EDM, Edward Daniel Moore. Um, the fourth one is another one, Harry Carey. It's spelled H-A-R-I-K-A-R-I. Um, no connection is ever made to an unsolved case for that one. Uh, the fifth, Airplane Hill. This was a John Doe whose body was found in Huntington, Huntington Beach. Mm-hmm. He's still a John Doe. That's so sad. I know. It oh, blows my mind. They can't heart. identify people sometimes. There's and there's quite a few on here. Let's see. I'm looking at three in a row that no connection was ever made to an unsolved case. Marine Down was one. Van Driveway was another. Two in one. MV to PL. So I imagine that your town names, maybe. I don't know. It's just, ugh, y'all. But they were able to, by the end of the 80s, and I, I have a note on this, they were able to match up 43, I think. Wow. Of the six. So that's a lot, at least. And they solved a lot of cold cases and cases that, you know, yeah, I mean, would have never been solved. I would have never wanted to know a loved one died like that. No. But it's also, I guess, good to get closure. Well, that's right. If you can, If you can get their body... Because don't they bury John Doe's? Like, aren't there certain graves? Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. Um, I mean, they don't just keep him in the morgue for years and years. Right. And here we go, his conviction. Man, I'm just glad he was caught. All right, so on May 16th, 1983, Kraft was formally charged with the murder of his last victim, Terry Lee Gambrell. Um, following that charge, so that was in May, on September 8th of 1983, they had gathered enough evidence to charge him with a total of 15 murders. Um, and I, I am going to name off the, these 15 victims. Um, like I said, we just don't have the time to name every single victim. But, but since he was convicted he, of these right, 15. These that, that he was convicted of. And we all know how that works. I mean, to try to get convictions on the rest, it would have just cost more money I mean, it's horrible to say that but it would have tied up the courts for longer and he's still serving time like i don't think it, right you know like you can't add years to somebody's life just to make them stay in prison longer yeah. so anyway all right so here are the names i'm just going to read through these give their age and the date that they were killed and just you know we'll have a little moment of silence afterwards because these guys deserve way more than they got in life all right. Edward Moore was 20 years old. He was killed December 24th, 1972. Kevin Bailey was 17. He was killed April 9th, 73. Ronnie Weeb was 20. He was killed July 28th of 73. Keith Crotwell was killed March 29th of 75. Mark Hall was 22. He was killed January 1976. Scott Hughes was 18. He was killed April 16, 1978. Roland Young was 23. Killed July 11th of 78. Richard Keith was 20. He was killed June 19th of 78. Keith Klingbeil, 23, was killed July 6th, 1978. Michael Enderbeek-Biton was 21. Killed November 18th of 78. Donald Crystal was 20. He was killed June 16th of 79. Robert Loggins was 19. He was killed August 23rd of 1980. Eric Church was 21. He was killed January 27th, 1983. Roger Duvall was 20. He was killed February 12th, 1983. 
Jeffrey Nelson was 18. He was killed February 12th of 83 as well. And Terry Lee Gambrell, the last victim, was 25 years old. He was killed May 14th, 1983. Um, again, just heartbreaking that these guys died for a sicko's pleasure or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, he was charged with these 15 murders. After a very lengthy and very expensive trial, um, I can't remember the exact figure. I think it was, I think it was over ten million dollars for wow. his trial, um, which is just a, adds a whole nother level to all the horrible things he did. And uh, anyway, all right. So his trial began September twenty sixth, nineteen eighty eight. And the jury revealed his sentence on August 11th, 1989. So almost a full year. Um, and they decided he would be put to death. Woohoo! This is one of those people that 100% deserves the death penalty. I mean, he was literally found with a 100%. dead male in his vehicle. Right. And just the brutality. Any human that can mm. do that to another human living being young men that are just starting their lives he deserves it okay but in saying that as of this day today 2022 randy stephen craft still sits on death row at san quentin state prison where he continues to deny any guilt this guy has said from the beginning that he is innocent wow that that's interesting me. so um <laughs> did this guy just have a heart attack in your vehicle when you were found or it, you know what do you mean he is just found with a dead guy in your car and i bet if there were dna back then it would be all over but everything you're not guilty you're just transporting him it's sick he talked in court very well spoken you know and you can tell he's an educated person but he looks, I can see a monster when I look at him. Oh, yeah. Google his picture. Well, we'll post it on the Instagram. That's right. Yes, we will. Um, and I'm going to post a picture of the original scorecard. Yeah. Which I don't know if this is real, but there's a blood spot on it. And I don't know if that was, I mean, if somebody added that for effect or if that was, one you know, one of his victim's blood. <sighs> Just disgusting. But this guy says that he is innocent. After all that, all the connections, you know, the murders lining up with his business trips, like whatever, dude. Finding a you dead guy are in his car is just really blowing my mind right now that you can insane. Even... Insane. Hopefully he will die very soon because he is extremely deserving of that death whenever I mean, it happens. In the world is he still alive? It's, it's just uh, infuriating. It's because of appeals. You know, because he's innocent. He's just been sitting there wrongly accused for all this time. All right. So real quick, I just want to touch on this missing accomplice. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, listen, yeah. Let me show you this guy. But hopefully, and we will announce on a future podcast when when Randy Stephen Craft is finally put to death, you will know. We will keep you updated, guys, for because sure. that's something I think y'all should know in the future. And it know? needs to happen. Like tomorrow. Tomorrow. So. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great time. So we should call the San Quentin. Yeah, for sure. Hey guys, can we go ahead and do this? Can we get this thing rolling? Um and kill this guy. Yeah, like what is the hold up, pals? Yeah. What I'm just, uh, none of these none of these men that he robbed of their lives ever knew what was coming. They woke up that day and, you know, expected to live on. And he needs to, to go. 
All right, look at this. I, I see it in his eyes. He's got shark eyes. I did not picture him to look like that. Well, look what he looked like when he was young. Um, Decent looking guy. I mean, you know, like he's not an... I thought he was going to be like super creepy or look something. Look at him though when he was young. I could definitely see him being... Uh, but he still has those eyes where something's off. Like yeah, something... he's just staring into the abyss. Something in his head is... Something's the matter. Like... I feel like a person that's capable of the things that he did. Like he was born with something in there that we, you and I don't have. Alyssa. Right. There you is know? a problem like, we here, guys. We don't have that. Okay. So the missing accomplice, um, he said they don't, they don't really have any evidence. Of course, people have suspected his, the men in his relationships, the Jeffs, if you will, um, yeah. that he dated, but they never really found anything to back it up. Um, but there are there's circumstantial and DNA evidence that relate to some of his murders that have caused a lot of people to suspect <coughs> that not all of the murders attributed to Kraft were committed by one person. Um, was there any reasoning behind that? Well, there was one case where there were drag marks in the sand, like the body had been dragged. Mm -hmm. But they're saying Kraft was a fairly small fella. He was a thin dude. They're saying that he wouldn't have been able to drag this guy by himself. Oh, okay. So that's the circumstantial part. All right, there was one case. The case of Eric Church. Semen samples found on his body were inconsistent with Kraft's blood type. Interesting. So suggesting there was somebody else there. Right. Um all right, and then the photographs, let's see, were processed somewhere. Um I just feel like back in the 70s, though, people weren't going through people's processed, you know, like I don't feel like they were going through the pictures. They say because the pictures were never reported that maybe it was somebody like at the photo store or whatever they were called. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever actually developed pictures. Have Doing you? Snapfish. <laughs> you never developed the rolls, though. Like you didn't take a Oh, no. There used to be whole stores devoted to turning that roll into printed pictures. Crazy. I'm so young. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. Which I vaguely, now, I vaguely remember. I don't, you know, I was very young as well. I'm still very young. Right? Alyssa? So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to agree. Yes. All right. So, um, I'm just looking to make sure there's nothing else. Like I said, the DNA evidence, I mean, it's not like they just compared the semen sample to his blood type. And I don't feel like that's something you can definitively say was right. right. Off, yeah. I mean, because for the time, I mean, today, yes, I would agree. But eh, I don't know what they were doing back in the 70s in the labs, you know. Yeah. Right. So, um, but the one, the one with the drag marks in the sand, I can't remember the victim's name off the top of my head, but that one was pretty compelling. Well, I mean. Because it was a big dude that he was dragging and they're like, there's no way. I probably could even, like, we're the same size, I would say. Yeah. We're probably a little skinnier. Anyways, um, I yeah. probably couldn't drag your dead body. Right. I couldn't drag anybody's. Like, like they're mm -mm. just, that's well, just dead, dead weight. weight. And they say once somebody's deceased, they're a lot heavier and yeah. harder to move around. Especially if they, I would think they would get heavier, like, the more they expand and stuff. Right. I don't know. Or regular right. mortise sets in. Just... That's right. But, and they say for some of them, they don't think there's any way. Some of them, it was obvious they were pushed from a moving vehicle. Right. While he's driving, you're going to open the door and, and you shove can't just like out? tap him out. No, and that's a, a real dead hard body. push. They're already dead. Yeah. So that's 
So that's another thing which I can see. You know, I mean, maybe maybe the Jeffs, one or both of them, would get in on it sometimes. First off, trigger warning, one last, I'm going to leave y'all with one last disturbing fact. Um, Thank you. <laughs> sorry. Most, Bunch of nightmares. A lot of the victims were found missing a sock or not wearing socks. He would shove a sock into their rectum. Oh, my. So that when they oh. died, you know, the body dispels anything. It would keep that from, I'm assuming, his car. Like, them from getting fluids in his car. He would also shove tissue up their noses. Because that's another place where fluids tend to leak out after you die. So, and one one source said that was from, oh. his, that was from his Marine training. So, I guess in the Marines, you're taught how to. Okay, so. To leave you with that disturbing fact, hopefully Randy Stephen Craft will die very soon, and we will and very painful and very painful. So sorry to say that, but some people deserve the death get out of penalty. here. You know, some people deserve it, and this sick, sick fella deserves it, and then some. Oh yeah, I can only hope that he's being abused in prison. You know, I mean, I hope some dudes are. Or, they know about his 13-year-old victims. Okay. They should. It, mm -hmm. And you know how other inmates, which I don't know personally, but I hear this all the time, that people who kill and abuse children get messed up in prison. Well, because a lot of prisoners have children, I do believe. That's and they, right. I mean, it's weird to think, like, Anybody that can have... harm a kid deserves to be messed up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Innocent babies. I know. It's just sad. Again, you know, all these victims, if you want to go look, you can see a full list of the suspected victims. Um, none of them deserved what happened to them. Just living their lives, you know, and I don't know, just sick, 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 sick. So I'm really glad to have this one done. We're gonna off, wipe it from our memories. Off my chest. Because yes, well, we're going to, we're going to update you when, when Randy dies, because that's exciting. Um, but I'm really glad to be finished. Like I asked Alyssa this morning, I was like, can I please go first? Randy, please <laughs> let me get this off my chest. This is all I've read about for two weeks. Ah, so, it's like burning her brain. Yes. And too deep. Like I, I'm shocked about having nightmares at this point. But anyway, so my sources for this case, Wikipedia is just a wealth of knowledge. Um, I found some things on Murderpedia, which I also love. Um, I read a book called The Scorecard Killer, Life of Serial Killer Randy Stephen Craft by Jack Smith. Um, this book goes really goes into detail about all the victims, what yeah. happened to each one of them, which so I didn't want to do today. But if you want to, I read it on um, Kindle. All right. Another one. I watched a documentary called uh, the series is called Killers Behind the Myth. And the episode's called The Scorecard Killer. And thoughtco.com is really good. If you want to look at his scorecard and kind of the breakdown of his scorecard and the victims that were identified, that's a that's a good place to look. And that's it, guys. Thank you, know, you so much for listening. We'll have pictures on the Instagram. That's right. Um, nothing crazy, though. Yeah, nothing mm -hmm. like nothing crazy. crazy uh -uh. Just a little bit about the guy. Right. So make sure you follow us at ill-natured-pod, I-L-L-N-A. T U R E D pod P O D. Um, so hope you enjoyed. I guess you can say yeah, this right. I know. Um, and tune in next week to hear about Susan Powell. She's kind of that case is just kind Ooh, of. Uh, I can't wait. I'm really. Excited. I don't know. It baffles me every time I hear about it, and just 
and I don't remember it, so I can't wait for you to tell me about it. Yeah, so this is one that I feel like is semi-well-known, you know, like... Yeah. If you're just diving into true crime, you probably don't know much about her, but... We're gonna find out. Oh, yeah, it's something wild. So don't forget to tune in next week. Um, And then like us, share us, tell your friends about us, anybody that loves true crime, you know, give us a listen. Let us know what you think. Yeah, and of course, like we said, always give us some constructive criticism that's back. right don't be hateful we can take coming it, after you but, but but don't be ugly people we're not in middle school anymore don't be hateful okay period and i want to <laughs> i, I want to apologize if i mispronounced any of the victims names because you know i always say my southern accent will butcher just about anything well yeah that's not y'all or <laughs> anyways all right guys thanks so much thanks for listening goodbye